Hey, what's up? Hello. Welcome to Sounds Book But Okay, a Sounds Fake But Okay book companion podcast where an arrow ace girl, I'm Sarah, that's me. And a bi-demisexual girl, that's me, Kayla. Talk about all things to do with the chapter you just read. On today's episode, Romance and Partnerships. Yay! You've done it again. Can you even believe it? You're just killing it, dear reader. I wish I could tell you how many words you've read, but I don't know the word count, so. We could check, but, you know. It it won't be the same. I think it would be funner if our readers manually counted. (laughs) I would love that. Please uh, pause this here, go back, count manually the amount of words you've read, Uh, send that to us on socials. I would I would just I would just like to say I would not wish that upon my worst enemy. We I, we could check that so easily. But I won't. Anyway, speaking of enemies, let's talk about romance and partnerships. So true. Kayla, this is a Kayla chapter. This is a Kayla chapter. This is one of my two I feel like the uh this chapter and the next. I mean, they are like the middle two chapters of the book and I I felt like of the chapters I wrote. These were like the big meaty ones. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Because they were like a corned beef hash. So true. Corned beef sandwich. Uh, a lot of corned beef. Okay. Like we, I think <laughs> I mentioned this in this chapter that when uh, our lovely editor, Andrew, first came to us about writing a book, he kind of proposed it about being specifically about aspect relationships. Mm-hmm. And we obviously know just from our time in doing things that like, uh, romantic relationships in particular and like how to make them work as an ASPEC person is a very like popular topic in the community. And so I knew that this was going to be a big chapter. And so I wanted to do it well. And I think it's also one of the longer ones because there's just uh, a lot to cover. Yeah. But at the same time, we also didn't want to make the whole book about this. Right. That's very true. Because it is something that like everyone's like, oh well, how does that work? And it's and it's it's very fair that they would ask that, those kinds of questions, but the using your little spec lens goes way beyond all of that. And also, what do I have to say about romantic relationships? Not a lot, <laughs> personal. But that's also why my arrow ass. That's also why this chapter is called romance and partnerships because, yeah. as you have just read, not all of the things that we talk about in this chapter have to do with romance so true yeah kayla tell us about this little chapter yeah this was the first chapter so uh mid what month was it that we went september september of 2021 21 uh sarah and i went we met in austin texas and had a little weekend writing retreat because we were very behind on writing we were and, and we said, let's meet in between. And I looked at a map recently. Austin is so much closer to you than it is to me. <laughs> yeah, but like airport wise, it was simply what was going to need to happen. Uh. <laughs> so we, yeah, we were like, let's just, we're going to go to Texas and we're just, all we're going to do all weekend is just sit there and write and hold each other accountable. Mm-hmm. And we did. We got a little, it was like a verbo. No. An Airstream. An Air... Yeah, Verbo is a company. It was like a little Airstream in this Australian dude's backyard. And it was very cute. They were chickens. They were chickens that we do reference in the book. They Uh, do get a shout out in the book. I think in this chapter... Yes, in this chapter. Yeah. We got to look at them a lot, which was fun. But yeah, so I drafted the first draft of this chapter in one... Not one sitting. I'm sure I 
like got up and ate lunch or something. But like in one day I sat, Sarah sat at the desk on one end of the, the trailer and I sat in the bed on the other end and I just tip, 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 tap. And I did the whole thing in one day. Why did you say Verbo? It was an Airbnb. I don't, I don't know what I, I don't who know you, Who, Airbnb I, is so much bigger than Verbo here. I have no idea. The headquarters are in Austin, Texas. Anyway, she tippity tippity tapped. <laughs> I did. Uh, obviously, that was not the final draft. Um, no. I went back, but. I remember when you were writing this, you were like, I think this sucks. And I was like, I don't care. Keep going. <laughs> well, yeah, because as we've talked about in, I think, every episode of this, um, like the way I write, like particularly how I would write like in college when I was doing the bulk of my writing in my life was that I would sit down and I would write something near the final draft. Like instead of just like writing a really shitty first draft and then editing it, I would just take an extra long time writing one really good draft. And mm -hmm. I couldn't do that when I was trying to write something all in one day. So it was a struggle, but I, yeah. I did do it. But it was also, it's also hard because... Sarah has a very particular voice when she writes, and I was trying to mold my writing to that. It is true. Because, like, if I do say so myself, I'm pretty good at switching tones when I write because of, like, what I do for work. Whereas I'm just like, this is my tone. Sorry. Yeah, which is, which is, no, but that's good for what you do for work. But yeah. when I was trying to draft things quickly, like, the tone wasn't quite right either. So, like, when I went back to edit it later, I had to do a lot of work to make it sound more like something Sarah would write. Yeah. <laughs> that makes it sound like, <laughs> I don't know what it makes it sound like. I was taking over this book. Um, yeah, I remember you being very concerned about tone and matching my tone and feeling like you had to do that on the first draft. And I just had to be like, I don't care what your first draft looks like. Like, I, <laughs> you can fix that later. It just, just write it. And, and honestly, as well, I think, I think you were closer to my tone on the first drive and, than you realized. Like, when I read through your chapter, I was like, yeah. It, like, I'm, I'm, I wasn't reading this being like, wow, I've got whiplash. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that was that was a concern throughout writing the book was like, we're two people writing one book. So it mm -hmm. and you know, you now know from listening to this who wrote which chapter and I don't know how obvious it's going to be reading it if you can tell when it switches, but I wanted to make it as seamless as possible. Yeah, I feel like maybe our podcast listeners might be able to tell also in part because I think they would be more familiar with what each of us would be more comfortable, like, writing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, when you look at the breakdown of topics, it makes perfect sense the way that things ended mm -hmm. up being broken down, but... Yeah. Here's yeah. my question for you. Yes, ma'am. When you're writing in order, because you're a crazy person, how, do you structure it in your head ahead of time? Yeah, I... I think for this chapter, actually, more than any other chapter, I did have a very set structure in mind where I was like, okay, here's the intro. And then I think I had my little anecdote. And then I like, especially like the types of relationships I was talking about, like the structure of, I think I talked about like QPRs first. And then I talked about what came next, like polyamorous relationships after mm -hmm. that. 
Um, I had that structure set very clearly. Um, and it's the same way in the family chapter, which is two chapters from now, which was also a chapter I wrote that uh, I had that set out very clearly about what the order and the structure was going to be. And it was kind of broken into like many chapters first. Your brain. So big. My brain. brain. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's not like I just like went into it without any planning. I had little outlines for every chapter that I did. But my brain is like, okay, so if you have, like, if you've started writing that outline, you've started writing the chapter, but you don't, you don't outline the same way I do. (laughs) No, my outline is very separate and doesn't have any, like, writing thoughts. It's just like, here's the outline. And then my outline is like stream of consciousness sometimes contains entire sentences that end up in the in the chapter. Nah, not Um, for me. Which is why I was always annoyed like in school or whatever if someone's like, I need you to turn in an outline because my actual outline, I have to clean it up so much to to give it to someone. (sighs) So tragic. So tragic. Yes. I mean, getting into like the actual content of the chapter. I know I make this disclaimer i think towards the end of the chapter really but i hope it came out clearly that by making this entire chapter about like here's how you can be in a relationship of some sort that we're not saying you need to be like i said this is a very popular topic in the community as i'm i assume a lot of the people listening to this know and so i wanted this chapter to help people see the options that they had rather than feeling like uh, either A, they really wanted to have a relationship and couldn't figure out how, or B, I felt that same way and decided to slot themselves into a relationship that didn't work just for the sake of having one, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I feel like so much conversation that is done by outsiders, which there's not a ton to begin with, but that which there is, is always very focused on oh, asexual people can have romantic relationships. And then there might be a reference of QPRs. And the focus is really on aces who have romantic relationships. And I think with this chapter, what we really wanted to make sure we did was emphasize that there are so many more options and that we shouldn't just be... Like, absolutely, there are aces who... Who who have romantic relationships, like or ace specs, not even necessarily just aces, but we we wanted to kind of even the playing field a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And like as I I think I talk about this at the, towards the end of the chapter too, when I'm talking about both QPRs and polyamorous relationships, is that again with any type of relationship, you should not be getting into it just for the desperation of. Mm-hmm being in a relationship. And that's something that... That applies to you too, Allos. <laughs> no, yeah, for everyone. It's something that I saw in a in some of our survey responses about, you know, people saying, I feel like I, I have to be polyamorous or else I can't make a relationship work. Or I feel like my only option is to be in a QPR because no one's going to want to have a typical romantic relationship with me. Obviously, these are all things that are easier said than done. But I hope, again, that that point was driven through in the book that, like, you should not be doing any of these things because you feel like you have to compromise and that you have to do it. Because that's just going to end up being a really bad relationship. Yeah. 
And even if the relationship itself on the outside looks okay, like it's probably going to be really bad for your own mental health. So don't do that to yourself. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's uh, another thing I hit on in this chapter is kind of compromise and the weight of compromise that a lot of times that weight falls on the A-spec person of the relationship Mm -hmm. if only one of, if it's an aloe A-spec relationship, but- Mm, Falls disproportionately. Right. That compromise has to go both ways and you can't put yourself in a situation just because you feel like you need to make this work, you know? I don't know. Anyway, that's my soapbox. Well, for me, it was really great just reading about all of the A-spec polyamorous relationships, all of the, the quotes from our respondents, those that ended up in this chapter and those that didn't, that were described, because it was something that I've heard discussed before. I know a couple people who have or have had polyamorous relationships, but haven't talked about it with them a ton. And it, the, as far as I know, the one that I've talked to the most about it is not A-spec. And... You know, I know that polyamorous uh, relationships have been discussed plenty in the ASPEC community, but I feel like I had never gotten so much information in one place all at once. And so it was just really cool to me to see, you know, how different people navigate it, how well it has gone for so many people, the struggles people have had. It was just very enlightening to me um, as a person who is less familiar with that world. Yeah, and I was really happy we were able to feature both quotes of people who had a really good experience with it and then people Mm -hmm. who had struggles with it too so that Mm -hmm. it shows a more realistic view of like, yeah, you know, none of these options are going to be perfect. Like, you know, no type of relationship is going to be all pros, no cons. Right, but that's not necessarily the fault of polyamory that's no it's always it's like it's a human thing yeah yeah but i also i was really happy to get quotes from both people in polyamorous relationships and qprs because i haven't Mm -hmm. talked to that many people who are actually in qprs either like it's something that's i don't i don't personally know anyone who's in a qpr no like irl no irl no so yeah i was really excited that we got to get that kind of um I don't know, boots on the ground, knowledge from people who are actually doing it. (laughs) Yeah. I would like to say, jumping back a bit to your anecdote, um, when those anecdote shenanigans happened, when Kayla was like, "Uh, this person said this about me to... uh," um, (laughs) The thing that I remember most was there was some very loud stomping that happened. And we we lived in a house in our college town that was, it was an old house, old by American standards, and uh, it had two sets of stairs for some reason. It had front stairs and back stairs. Kayla's bedroom was by the back stairs and mine was by the front stairs, so she didn't usually take the front stairs up. She would usually take the back stairs. <laughs> I had a place to be, and it was Sarah's But on room. that day... Kayla just stomp, stomp, stomped up the front stairs, and I just was like, "Uh oh, <laughs> something has transpired." <laughs> uh oh, here she comes. Yeah, I did a lot because I was uh, when I got when I I'm trying to remember the exact way I told this story. I just remember hearing the front door slam, stomp, yeah. stomp, 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 stomp. Well, my bedroom when, door opened. <laughs> when Dean had told me like, "Oh, this this person said this," I had been like in a library studying, and he was like texting me. And I was like, all right, that's it. I'm done studying for the day. So I'm sure the entire walk back, I was like 
stomping. I'm sure I had stomp, like stomp, some stomp, stomp, stomp. loud music. And then I'm sure I slammed the door of our house. Like, oh, I you did. No way. I did. <laughs> um, yeah, I was, uh, I, yeah, I remember a lot of that quite vividly. And it, it certainly didn't help. This was a detail I didn't know, but that you had found out by text because then you weren't able to get Dean's tone. Oh, when no. He yeah. Was saying yeah. What had and happened. like, Dean reassured me, like, within that. Within hour, like I'm, I right. think I like stomped home, yelled to, yelled at Sarah, yelled to Sarah, and then like yeah. Dean and I talked about it. It's not like it became this like big thing with us. Like it was resolved quickly. It was fine, but that was a very stompy hour. <laughs> it was a very stompy hour, but like that, yeah. It was it was just tough for me because I had never had someone talk about my sexuality that way without me mm-hmm. being around and. You know, I had not been like outwardly queer for a long time. So it was like a very new experience for me. So it was, yeah, it was tough. I kind of racked my brain for like other anecdotes to put in this section because it felt like, you know, I'm like a person who dates and am on the A spec. I was like, certainly there has to be like something more that I can share here. But like, you're a serial monogamist. You only have so many to choose from. Right. No, I am, I am a serial monogamist. And, I've only dated a, a, a two people, I think. Like, I had the, the situation in chapter two um, with dear Nicola. And then I had two people after that where I was openly and comfortably demisexual and dating. So, I, yeah, like, I just didn't have that much experience to pull from because I only, like, went through, like, a dating situation with two people while being a spec. So I, this was like really the only significant thing I could think of, but also like we have a lot of quotes and like, it doesn't all need to be about me, you know? No. And I would like to put on the record that we cut this out, but Kayla just now, I was like, who was the other person? I had completely (laughs) forgotten about an entire person Kayla had dated in college. And that's okay. Forgotten he existed. And that's some, and sometimes that's okay. Sometimes that's okay. Anyway, we're really skipping uh, front and back in this chapter, so hopefully you're keeping up. But That's this SFBO whiplash we all know and love. We all know. <laughs> but a big part in forming this chapter, and honestly, like a lot of the chapters I wrote, was um, the concept of the relationship escalator. And the book, it's stepping off the relationship escalator, Uncommon Love and Life by... Amy. Amy. Amy Garan. Amy Garan. Garan. I read that book like as research for writing our book pretty early on as we were starting to. Yeah, you read that early. To write. And it's a really good book. I would highly recommend it. Um, It's mainly about polyamory, to be honest. It does a similar thing to our book where it it has um, quotes from survey respondents. That's like where I got the idea for us doing that. But thanks, Amy. Thanks, Amy. But it's it's really interesting, and it shouts out like asexuality by name in the book, which is rare and exciting. But it formed a lot of my kind of like understanding for this chapter um, and the family chapter as well. I feel like and fit really well with like the concept of a man normativity. And yeah, I just I really hope that it resonated with people the way it resonated with me. And if you were interested in it um, and are like. Obviously, you read this book, so you're somewhat interested in this type of topic. I would highly recommend reading that book. Because um, it's just really interesting kind of like relationship theory stuff. Yeah. And you know, this is a less serious thing to say. But 
when I was like reading through and like looking at I looking at what you wrote, I was reminded of like you know those like academic texts you read in school, and they're like they like interact with texts written by other people, and they're like as so and so, and then they build off of that. And I was like, we're doing that. We're academic. We are the academics. <laughs> so true. And by we, I mean Kayla's doing that. <laughs> yeah, Sarah. Yeah. Listen, hey, Sarah's an academic. I referenced <laughs> like two articles. <laughs> yeah, listen, I'm as we've talked about, we're the perfect pair because in school, this is like the type of stuff I was like writing and doing in school, and I had to know how to do like in text citations and stuff. So you know who did all of the in text citations for this book? Kayla, my coverage education. For Kayla, she did all of the citations in this entire book. <laughs> It was just such a surreal moment to know that, like, something I did so many times in college, like, actually came in handy post-grad. That's so rare for that to happen. Incredible. I love that for you. Thank you. I just wanted to say that I think you did a really good job explaining QPRs in this chapter in a way that is all-encompassing of the many ways that they can present while also being straightforward and clear. Because I think on a surface level, QPRs can be a little difficult to understand. And then when you dive into them, they get more confusing before they make before they start making sense. And so I would just like to say two thumbs up for Kayla. Good metaphors. Thank you. Well, that the grocery store metaphor I'm quite proud of. And it was actually a late addition, and that was not in the first draft of this chapter. I can't mm. remember how exactly I'd explained it in the first draft, but I that was my worry is that like the the beauty of QPRs is that they are so broad and so flexible, but that does make it extremely hard to define and to teach and to understand, mm -hmm. especially in such like a short written situation yeah yeah i was proud of that metaphor so thank you my last note did did i did i write this last paragraph in this chapter in this chapter yeah, yeah. it's very, very familiar to me and it uses the word myriad <laughs> which yes i do think is a word i would use this. It is funny because I can tell what you wrote. Like there are sometimes in the middle of my chapters, I'll see a paragraph and I'm like, that wasn't me. Or like a sentence. <laughs> What's Sarah doing in my chapter? No, yes. literally I was reading. I was like, this is a whole, this is a whole Kayla chapter. And then I got to the last paragraph and I was like, I feel like I wrote this. <laughs> no. Yeah, you did. You definitely did. I was, I, transitions are hard for me. So Sarah had to help. Yeah. I also remember restrictive prescriptive relationship escalator. Gotta I, get those little, little rhymes. <laughs> I also use the phrase status quo, which is a very me thing to say. That is very, this, yeah, there's a lot of very <laughs> Yeah. Referring to something more broadly, ugh, what a Sarah thing to say. Oh my God. I wish we were able to like, we had somehow kept track of exactly who wrote what. Like word for word. Yeah, it would have been fun, but alas. If um, if Google Docs were better at I tracking know. that sort of thing, and the system didn't crash every time you tried to actually look. It would be nice. But, you know. Shouts out to Google Docs, though, because imagine if we had to write this, Ooh, no, no, no. like, on paper and then mail each other. Oh, 
<laughs> my god that would have been a nightmare that would have been really a disaster. Bad. all right do you have anything more to add about this chapter yeah, my last note is that um, I think quoted in the middle. Oh, the note that I kept interrupting you when you tried to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I'm trying to see which section. It's like a little bit after my anecdote, um, but we we include a a quote from someone named Phoebe, and we mm-hmm. make a note about how Phoebe like no longer identifies on the A spectrum, even though she did at the time of answering our survey. Mm-hmm. We're gonna get back to Phoebe later in chapter seven, but. Just a preliminary shouts out to Phoebe for truly, truly shaping like some big chunks of this book and for being yeah. really down with us, like telling a lot of their story. She was she was so helpful and very open to, for us to use their quotes, even though they no longer identified as Ace. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were like, hey, um. You can still use this, just so you know. I like I don't identify as ace anymore, but like I'm really. And again, we get back to this at a later point, but we talk about in this book, you know, the fluidity of identity, especially with a spec identities. So honestly, like mm-hmm. I really enjoy that we got to include someone who showcases that fluidity so concretely. Me too. So yeah, just a, a prelim shout out to Phoebe and a little a little teaser that. Phoebe will be coming back. Hell yeah. You know, at the end of uh, Marvel movies, after the end credit scenes, when they're like, Spider-Man yes. will return. Phoebe, Phoebe will, will return. return. <laughs> so true. All right. Yeah, I think that's it. Now that this episode is a shrine to Phoebe, uh, I think it's time to uh, to uh, log off to take our leave. Thank you for reading and listening, as always. And uh, we'll catch you in the next chapter where we talk about sex. Ooh, let's talk about sex, baby. (laughs) Bye-bye.